The following content was paid for by the campaign to slap the shit out of Derek Jackson. Start the show. Now, I would invest in that super pack. Where has he been? Um, Quiet, like he should be. Good. <laughs> Far away from the real issues. Um, in, in fairness, because he knows that's not his lane. He's exposing himself. He knows that's not his lane. He can't talk about anything of substance. But he got the market cornered on fucking $200 dates and shit. Mm. So... Yeah, he's exposing himself, and um, we're going to bring down another fraud. I'm, I'm, I sense it in year three. Uh, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black-ass cheat sheet for the weak and foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy, Oz. I am D. Randall, and the opening scene of the Watchmen series is probably the most um, relevant ten minutes of television this year. Uh, facts. Facts. Uh, Damon Lindelof really was ahead of his time. Um, this is this is including you know this is even more so than the show <laughs> that he very famously wrote about time travel. Uh, lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I always tell people uh, from a writer's perspective: once you involve time travel in your show, yep. your show becomes all about time travel. Yep. <laughs> Period. Yep. Um. Episode 92. 92. 92. Damn. Yep. Uh, how, how, how's the week been, man? It's been, hell, the last two weeks have been, they've been weeks, man. They've been weeks, you know. The thing is, even in the midst of of a pandemic and the, the you know, the burning down of our entire government. Straight <laughs> fall of the republic <laughs> shit, man. Um. You know, bills still got to be paid. Facts. People still got things to do. So, the we're we're kind of in that weird part of this whole shit now, where we still have to live like almost normal lives. I was gonna say because this is some this is really some dystopian shit without like, but still with all the amenities. Yeah, like one one thing that they don't show in the movies is that even in the midst of a dystopia, you still got to pay bills. Real talk. <laughs> You still got to get your car inspection sticker. <laughs> Damn. Because in the immortal words of uh, Superfly, ain't nobody gang- ain't nobody more gangster than the bank. Yeah, man. Uh, real talk, man. So, yeah, it's, it's just been that, you know, it's just been that, that whole balance, man. It's just a weird, it's just weird. It's like there, there's like two different, two different realities going on right now. There's, you know, everything that you kind of see in your house day to day, and then there's everything else that that you know is happening outside. Dead ass. And it's it's a weird juxtaposition that we're dealing with right now. There's a lot of batshit shit going on, man. Yeah. And I've, and, you know, and I have I've taken to just kind of bunkering down and kind of just consuming content like I would. Um, I was definitely it's well, we'll get to the whole cops thing later but um i was definitely consuming the new uh tiana taylor album yeah 
really really enjoyed that. Um, somebody somebody said that I thought this was going to be more family oriented. And I was like, it, since when? I was like, it is towards Tiana Taylor's family. <laughs> Tiana and Iman are freaks. Like they are pe- they are married people who fuck all the time. Who are both in great shape and enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> the like, carnalities. Really talk, real talk. Like did of y'all, wedded intercourse. Did y'all not see the Kanye video? Mm. Like that was real affection. Um. Um. Yeah. Other than that, my week has been just kind of watching the fall of the republic. You know, Abbott reinstated the the uh, the work search requirements for unemployment. Mm. Because, you know, he's got to double down on this reopening shit. Even though the numbers are up. Even though the COVID numbers are up. And he's trying to get everybody back to work. Hey, shout out to everybody for getting those numbers up. We know you could do it. You dumb pieces of shit. You did not disappoint. Congratulations. <laughs> you, 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 have made, you have made Texas into ground zero. I hope you're happy. Um, are we going to talk about Tulsa at all? Yeah, we do, do have to talk about Tulsa. Or, or do I? Well, okay, and, and let me say, and let me say on that note, going to to lead into that, that this is actually a this is actually a very kind of jam packed weekend because, um, it's Juneteenth weekend. Yeah. Juneteenth was Friday. Yep. Um, it's Father's Day, <laughs> on which we are recording this. Yep. Shout out to all the dads. Yeah. Shout out to all the dads. I'm talking about all the dads handling their business. All the dads handling their business. Enjoy your big piece of chicken. Enjoy your big piece of chicken. Yep. Enjoy your recliner. No one sits in your chair. And no one can. (laughs) Thursday was my birthday, in which I was delivered copious amounts of alcohol. That's what I was waiting for. Not only was Thursday D. Randall's birthday... Friday, it was either Friday or Saturday. It was actually the anniversary of the first of the first time we ever recorded Opinions While Black. I think we started on my birthday, right? We did. We started on your birthday. Yeah, and, so as, and as such, I'm doing this on air. Who doesn't know I'm doing this? I, um, black... I have I have gifts. I've got here. Show your hand, sir. Oh snap! He knows. Look, y'all. <laughs> It's no secret. <laughs> I am a fan, huge fan of the Deep Eddie. One can never have enough. Deep Eddie, Ruby Red Vodka. Also, oh, there's an also. Because I know this man's serious ah! about his about his water intake. Look at this, y'all. An okay. infusion water bottle as well. Because Lord knows when we record this shit, I don't get enough hydration in my system. It's very true. Thank you, sir. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. Thank you for both of these, sir. It's all good, man. I will put them both to great use, fortunately and unfortunately. See, see, when you're a grown man, you get grown man gifts, and you get excited (laughs) about the grown man gifts. You know what I'm saying? I got liquor, and I got something responsible. See there? See, I I come through sometimes. Thank you, sir. I, I do appreciate that. Um, oh, because uh, because I like to start off with love, and you know, you, you know, the gift giving is a good start. Uh, I always start off with love. 
but also I want to give. Fla- I always start off giving flowers while people are here. Yeah. Um, two people. On, uh, well, one. I want to give flowers to Mr. Dave Chappelle. We yeah. were gone for a couple of weeks, so we didn't get to talk about this. Dave Chappelle definitely deserves flowers. Yeah. Um, he did a. I can't really call it a comedy special. He did um, a special. He did a special. He did a one man show. Um. Uh, what was the title? Uh, eight forty six. Eight forty six. Um. Uh. In. 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 I can't say in honor, but related to the amount of time. Uh, the video of the George Floyd incident. Yeah. Um, this was this was a big deal. Um, this was a big deal for a couple of reasons. First, uh, Dave Chappelle does not speak on these things unless it's time, unless it's very important. Uh, uh, he doesn't speak on these things unless it's very important. And... Um, this was very, I, I I feel like the entertainer should be at the forefront of experimenting in these acts of social distancing. Um, it was well, it was social well to a point. To a, some should because we've also seen examples of some that should not that go wrong. Yes, right. I just mean in the way of using your platform responsibly and thoughtfully. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key. There is thoughtfully. Right. This this event was socially distanced. It was outside, yep. so you didn't have to worry about the restraints of social distancing in a enclosed venue. Right. Um, the stage was far away from the audience. Correct. Um, and they handed out masks. Yep. With the Chappelle logo on them. Of course. Um, I want one. I right. I really want to know if they're going to sell those, man. Um, and Dave Chappelle got up and really, there were funny moments. There were funny moments, but it was really a thoughtful rant about the state of things in America, particularly as it relates to the George Floyd incident. Right. Um, he definitely went all in on Candace Owens. I'm always happy to. I'm always happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, there are going to be some people that are going to feel like he's tone deaf on women. Um. That is a fair criticism. It's a criticism I am willing to overlook in the case of Candace Owens. <laughs> Candace Owens barely considers me or women that look like me to be human beings. So I am willing to overlook any oversights recognizing or not recognizing her humanity. Yeah. Fuck Candace Owens. Oh, yeah. Real talk. She doesn't give a fuck about us. I don't give a fuck about her. Um, she is no friend to us. Um, and it wasn't very long. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah, 20, 25 minutes. Something like that. I like that Dave Chappelle is at a point in his career where he can experiment. Because that was the first thing he said when he got there. Is this weird? How does this feel? Is it, you know, how are you guys feeling? Yeah. And he would even check in. He was like, y'all, y'all even find this funny? <laughs> You know, he would check in. Uh, meanwhile, somewhere in America, Louis C.K. is still talking about how awkward it is to pull out his dick in front of people. So, uh, Not everybody's getting it right. Not everybody's getting it right, but I do feel like there are people 
that if they're going to use their platform, they should be using their platform responsibly. I also want to give flowers to anybody out there, um, fellow podcasters, anybody that is using their platform in this time responsibly. I know we, like, even us, we're supposed to riff on pop culture and all that shit. Yeah. Um, guess what? Not all of that. There's a time and place, and now it's not the time, and this ain't the place. Um, nobody gives a fuck about future. Nobody gives a fuck about, you know, uh, the reality TV circle. Oh, no. You know, I'm not, you're not gonna, I'm not, I'm, you know, the, I mean, the reality TV is drying up anyway, but I don't give a fuck about Phaedra Parts right now. Or the Real Housewives of anything. I know none of them. Um, and so anybody using their platform, I encourage you. Now, granted, within your lane, entertain within your lane, know what your audience wants, but use your platform responsibly right now. Yeah. You know, everybody has a right to be heard. Everybody has a right to um, speak their truth. But now is a time that needs where people need to know that you are conscious of what's happening outside outside those studio walls you know in our defense um even though we're drunk most of the time and we do introduce a fair amount of fuckery um we we've demonstrated over the last 91 episodes that we are we also include um relative relevant and timely conversations as well um we've had a lot of breakthrough moments in this podcast um, I mean, we also, you know, there's there's a method behind the madness. When we tell people to shut the fuck up, it's not just for entertainment value. Exactly. Right. There's there's a whole message behind that. Um, and and it's good it's good to recognize that. And you know who else recognized it? The AV Club. Mm. Uh, just in case you didn't know, we were in an AV Club article. Shout out to the AV Club. Shout, Shout out. out to Craig Lindsay. Yep. Yep. Um, for uh, you know helping for for letting people know who we are um you know the bump as i like to call it yeah uh hit him hit us with the air horns um uh, so that was good oh also before we go on any further shout out to tasty quiche and uh bonfire radio uncle conscious all y'all out there in brooklyn uh, we uh, they recently put us on for Juneteenth weekend. They aired episode ninety. Mm. Uh, it was a live airing. That was a good uh, one. Um, I I got a few compliments. I got a few uh, responses. It was, it was a very good look. Um, they they definitely wanted to put on some people since it was Juneteenth that were Texas based. Mm. Uh, shout out to Xavier Hunter who did a great who did a great mix on Saturday. Dope. Um, uh, it, it's it's good that the podcast community and that the podcast network is collaborating and uh, working together to use those platforms responsibly. That's what I'm talking about. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Flowers to everybody. Flower, flowers to everybody involved, man. Love y'all to death. Uh, having said that, humans ain't shit. Oh no. Um, humans ain't shit. Part of the of the show. I want to talk about something that. Uh, you know, we've been gone. We've been gone for a we we missed a week, so we missed a few things. There's a couple of things we didn't get to touch on. Um, one of which, y'all gotta leave Billy Porter alone. 
We need him. Leave Billy Porter the fuck alone. Billy Porter do the all, man. So, Billy Porter has some choice words on social media um, going forth about um, basically addressing the black community about the erasure of uh, black, queer, and black trans from the Black Lives Matter conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's completely reasonable. He's 50 years old? Yeah, Billy Porter's 50. Wow, did not know that. Um, it's completely reasonable for him to address this because this is a thing in our community. If we're going to come together as a community, part of coming together as a community is us talking to each other and listening to each other and understanding each other's plight before we can go forward as a unit. Um, there is... There, um, uh, I'm I'm not personally Greek affiliated, uh, but I know a lot of black fraternities, uh, like say if you're a Sigma or whoever, they have something. They they you know it, it, they're different colors, but they have something called the room. In in a Sigma's case, it would be blue room. Kappa's case, maybe it would be red room. Whatever, where they where they sit down in a closed environment, mm-hmm. and if anybody's got anything to say to each other if any if there are any grievances going on within the network let them let them be known and it does not leave the room unfortunately as black people we don't have an enclosed room we don't have a we it's don't call the barbershop well the barbershop to a point we don't it, it, the diaspora is such that we don't have in, uh, such an enclosed space so sometimes you just got to air that shit out and Billy Porter wanted us to want us to know that it's hard for him to advocate for black for, for Black Lives Matter when black queer and black trans are being harmed by black people sometimes killed killed by black people. I don't blame him. We wouldn't be good on that front either. And. People jumped up to say, now's not the time. We have bigger fish to fry. No, we don't. If any black lives are being harmed, no matter who it's by, we have to address that. We have to address that. And the fact that there are black, there are black queer and black trans, um, Toyin Salu was murdered, was found dead, turned up missing and was found dead. And that didn't get nearly as much um, highlighting as George Floyd. Breonna Taylor did not get as much highlighting as George Floyd. Uh, and we have to talk about that. Black queer and black trans lives also matter. And, it's all, and all, the time to talk about it is always going to be right now because they're us. As a matter of fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Black queer and black trans started Black Lives Matter. I believe that's true. That is... uh, I believe. So, it stands to us to advocate for them and step up for them the way they always step up for us. Because what's fucked up is, even after you're through dismissing them and telling them to shut up and now's not the time, they're still going to stand up and they're still going to show up for you because history shows that they have been still showing up for you. How does that make you feel? Not only that, but they, they are you. 
They're you. They they are you. They they are. They are fellow. They're our family. They're our friends. Um. They are us. So. This, this is the kind of shit that's kind of is disheartening to me because people always feel like they want to qualify their struggle. Right. Like now, when I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, I'm 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 really I'm talking about me. So all this other shit, I don't know, man. We're not we're not really on that right now. I, I saw a um a video of a black I, I'm assuming she was a black conservative woman screaming at a group of white liberals basically saying that y'all need to stop pushing the gay agenda because black people historically don't really fuck with gay people like that y'all y'all are pushing this on us and you know we're out here fighting for our lives we ain't trying to hear all this other shit because y'all are emasculating our black men and blah 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 like she went down a whole rabbit hole of nonsense with that shit um at the end of the day, I don't. You saying that Black Lives Matter, but I don't fuck with gays or, or queers or trans is is the equivalent of someone saying a black man was shot by a cop and then another person going, "Well, what did he do?" Exactly. Because you're trying you're trying to qualify your support or lack thereof of something based on the condition that you're setting for yourself. It, it's it, you can't say Black Lives Matter, and and not have a problem with, with queer or trans. And we're past people. that, man. Yeah. Everybody deserves to fucking live. Period. No matter how you feel about their lifestyle, no matter how you feel about the the, the who they sleep with, they deserve to live. All that other bullshit you're talking about, uh, I won't even say that's for another day because it really ain't for shit. But. When we're talking about people's lives, whether or not someone gets to exist, whether or not someone is a human being, there is no argument there. So y'all got to leave Billy Porter alone and y'all got to do some self-reflection. And black men realize that we have a privilege as well. Facts. Um, we, we benefit from sexism in a way that black women do not. And at the risk of sounding cliche, you are not for all black lives matter if you do not protect black women. And that includes women that you're not related to or attracted to. Facts. So. Facts. Black queer and black trans lives matter too. Period. Black women, black queer, and black trans. They are. If you want, if you ever want to look at how a society's doing or, or how a community's doing or any regard, look at how their women are treated. And y'all, look how dumb y'all sound sometimes. The the reality of the situation is. And, and and I'm speaking specifically in regards to the issue with cops right now. Yeah. I know that the overall conversation is about black people being killed by cops. But y'all, the reality of it is they're doing it to everybody. And I've seen people who get just as upset. There was a, a young a young uh, Latino guy who got killed by cops the other day. He was a security guard somewhere. And he got killed by cops while he was doing his job. And people were just as upset for him as they were for everyone else. And that, and that's exactly the kind of energy that is necessary. So just because it says Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that you cannot get upset and offended by these same acts of aggression against anybody. That's really what it's all about at the end of the day. It's really about equality at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean you can't go, well, I can't worry about Mexicans right now or anybody that's not specifically a black man 
being killed by a cop. It's 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 all this shit combined, man. Y'all y'all need to shut. Oh, we we're too early in the show for that. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's always room. I there's always room for the word fuck. Let me tell you something else. I think part of the bump is our uh, our decision to go up forty percent on the word fuck. <laughs> so I'm gonna always advocate for the word fuck on the show. Yeah. Um. Uh. Song of the week. Um. Gonna go. You know, we're gonna go to a black woman. Uh. This is Mareba. I hope I'm saying that right. Mireba with Black Truck. Produced by Knife Wonder. Mm. Uh, always a good time when Knife Wonder shows up. So go ahead and pour yourself something. Get comfortable. I'm already pretty buzzed. I think I poured a little heavy on the, on the Jack. Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack. Um, we also took a shot of Jameson. And we did. We did take a shot of Jameson before the show started. Uh, we're going to have a good show. And we'll be right back with more opinions while Black... Let's go. Stay sick 
cause I follow my gut They say I was pushing my luck I'ma push me a all-black truck I'ma push me a all-black truck Push me a mat all black truck Stay sick cause I follow my gut They say I was pushing my luck Push me a mat, all black truck Oh shit Ooh, that's a strong four That was a strong four <laughs> 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 Mine, I'm just gonna do a little splish splash Bloop bloop Boom boom Yeah, we just gonna Yeah and that was Black Truck by Mareba. Ooh, that's a bop. That's a that's a nice little that's a nice little you know. Uh, uh, uh. That's a, you you just know when Ninth is on some shit. Yeah. See, I I saw it when 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 I when I when I when I told Randall about it, and he looked it up on Spotify. I could see the the look in his eye, <laughs> which made him look at the credits. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, that's Ninth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's some knock to this. Let me, yeah. let me, let me investigate further. I have suspicions about this one. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was a bop. Oh, oh, by the way, if you like our songs of the week, for you new listeners, if you are a Spotify listener and you like our songs of the week, go to Spotify, type in "Opinions While Black" featured music, and you will get a playlist curated by yours truly. With all of my picks for songs for song of the week, we got a lot of hot shit on there. Man, Summer Walker, Lucky Day, um, fucking uh, there's some Drake on there. Uh, there's a lot of man. There's a lot of good bops on there. Um, a lot of good people you you put people onto as well. You know what? I don't I don't I don't highlight this enough. Oh. But when I say somebody's going to have a good year in music, they usually end up having a good year they in music. Do. Summer do. Walker had a good year. Ari Lennox had a good year. Mm-hmm. I got to take a minute because Ari Lennox so goddamn fine. <laughs> Ari Lennox is fucking fine. I love her to death. Um, I just realized we're going to be drinking straight for the rest of the show. Yeah, we are. You're damn right. Uh, this is the anniversary episode. God, <laughs> to be more careful. Um, uh, so, yes, please... Follow the Opinions Wild Black Featured Music playlist. Uh, share it with your friends. You can make a little mini playlist out of it. We've been doing this for for almost 100 episodes. So there's plenty of shit to choose from. Um, from all walks of life. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on. Um, oh, we, oh, I do have to say. I take a quick moment to recognize the uh, passing of Miss Jazz Waters. Uh, Jazz Waters was a black woman who was a writer on This Is Us. And a couple other projects I can't recall right now because I've been drinking. Um, definitely an important part of the black creative community. I've never seen I've never seen anybody online that had anything bad to say about her. Um, 
So definitely uh, condolences and prayers to uh, her family and friends. And uh, just take a moment to Google her and lift her up in love and support. Uh, we uh, rest in paradise. We love you. We miss you. Also, footnote. Footnote. Check in on the people you love. Please, for the love of God, check in on the people you love. Especially now. And, and My pastor actually just, just passed. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I should mention that too. Prayers to the family and friends of uh, Pastor Manson B. Johnson. As a, as a person who is usually um, emotionally vacant, I... Um, I will say, man, one of the more touching things about this, the whole experience with COVID is that um, I've had more people randomly check on me than any mm. other time before in my life. And I've extended Facts. the same courtesy. Like, there, there's nothing like, like, the, I'm going to put them on blast real quick. DJ Cosmos. Like, DJ Cosmos. Cos will hit me up. You know, usually when you talk to people, you call people, you call about something. Like, Kaz has hit me up a couple times, just just straight up on some. Hey, bro, I'm just reaching out to you to see how you're doing. And I'm like, see, that's that's that changes Is shit. In town? No, okay, no, but and, and that's that's like that's the wild part. Like he's he's still out in Atlanta. And he's, yeah, yeah. he's just like, I'm just calling to check in on you, bro. Like, man, I I appreciate that shit, man. Grammy Award nominated. Uh, you know who's who who's a part of the Grammy Award nominated uh, Fonte album. Yep. So just want to put that out there. Um, also, also part of Radio Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, if you've not listened to their album, uh, nobody mm-hmm. digs your music but yourself. It's one of my favorites. I've listened to their new new album. Oh. <laughs> called Signs. Is it? It's out. No. Oh. Oh. oh shit. No. Oh, it is oh, not. Oh, that's the insider bump. That was a light flex. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. Oh man, gotta get those flexes in where you can. Yeah, okay, I, you know. Shout out to Cos, man. Uh, I, I miss you. I love you. Uh, you're definitely another one of those people that's inspired me to go forth and be creative, and uh, eventually do this podcast. Yep. Um, uh, another moment of local news. Uh, we definitely have to talk about the ongoing saga of Bar Fifty Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't completely funny, but there's some funny parts. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad nobody was hurt. Exactly. Once I saw nobody was hurt, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. Nobody was hurt. There was no loss of life. Um, As we've learned from uh, these these wild times, sometimes stuff is just stuff. Uh, Having said that, Bar 5015... For those of you who do not live in the Houston area, Bar Fifty Fifteen is a uh, <clears throat> is a black owned establishment on uh, on Almeda, which is a which is a very African American dense uh, location. Heart of Third Ward. In the heart of Third Ward, the hood. Um, Bar Fifty Fifteen had a has had a rough month. <laughs> so. Um, they recently they recently closed and reopened and they've been kind of they've been kind of on my bad side as a part of this reopen because they have been packed i mean they were packed for brunch no mask no social distancing whatsoever none um and so okay yeah here we go 
And as a part of, they were trying to implement a new dress code. This dress code, for those of you that don't know, Bar 5015 was a very come-as-you-are spot. Yeah. Uh, everybody in the community. Can, man, and now, granted, I had a little problem. There was one time I saw some somebody bring their kid for brunch. Mm. It's kind of in that gray area. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. But they implement this new, they've tried to implement this new dress code. No jerseys, no basketball shorts, no facial tattoos. <laughs> no face tattoos? Rules me out. Nigga ain't wearing concealer to go to, to go to brunch and eat crawfish. Nigga, if Mike Tyson walks up in that bitch, you gonna turn him away? No, you're motherfucking not. Have you seen Mike lately? Nigga. Mike is ready. He scares me. Mike is ready for the revolution to start <laughs> now. His own trainer's terrified of him. Yeah. Um, you know, no white tee, no slides, no flip flops, no long chains and medallions, no cutoff shirts, no backpacks, no wave caps, no do rags, no MC colored vest. Don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. No derogatory t shirts, no excessively tethered jeans, no caps after nine, no provocative attire. Side cleavage. No side boob. Don't know. Don't nobody want to go then. First of all, it's too hot for half of this shit. Yeah, it's too hot for you to be outlawing half of this shit. And the patio hot as fuck. Uh, they got that one big ass fan that don't work. Don't work at all. It's too hot for you to t- to be telling women they can't they can't do side boob. Fuck is wrong with y'all. So. Twitter dragged them heavily all week. And by the end of the week, I believe it was Friday, it was a Friday morning. Yeah. Bar 5015 exploded. Blew up. Literally blew up. Nope. No, that's, that's the wrong not one. the one. Um Bar 5015 literally exploded. Um actually Ariel was in the area Ariel who's been on the show yeah. she was on the she was on the news um and bar 5015 blew up you can see like half of it blew up to where you can see inside that motherfucker from the street uh it's crazy looks like a looks like a fucking half a dollhouse and the FBI got involved right away that's why I knew something was up the FBI got involved and it turned out the explosion was intentional and they now they now this week they found video of quote unquote the bad guys pouring gas or some form of accelerant all over the fucking place they poured that shit everywhere they poured it on the giant connect four board yeah that's just mean that's fucked up and if you notice none of them were adhering to the dress code <laughs> Now, if you are wondering why... Well, no, you shouldn't be wondering why we're making fun of this. The reason we're making fun of this is because they have now started a GoFundMe. <clears throat> um, insurance should take care of this. I, I was going to say, when I, saw that, when I saw they were doing a, a GoFundMe, I was like, shouldn't y'all be doing an all-state me? A state farm me? You know what I'm saying? There should be... And, and first of all, the community you just alienated, now you're asking them for money. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. And that's the point of me talking about this at all. 
is that I want to support black business. I encourage everyone to support black business. But I want black business to support me. And it is tone deaf that at a time when we're supposed to be coming together, you are... I'm not naming names. You are uh, resorting to exclusionary tactics. You're going to tell me I can't look at side boob and expect me to kick down some money to restart your... Face tattoos, my nigga? Mm -hmm. That's anti-black as shit. Nobody's wearing concealer to go eat crawfish. Nobody's dressing to the nines on a Sunday to go eat crawfish. It's too hot for that shit. And... It's the dress code seems like a small thing, but again, it, how we interact with our community determines how your community interacts with you in times of need. And it's it's one of these things that we talk about when we talk about uh, the damaging of property. You need to in that you need to make yourself known to the community if you're a black owned business, and you need to make yourself and you need to make yourself amenable to the black to the black community if you're a black owned business you know i don't i don't give a fuck if you you know if you're going to be so exclusionary i don't give a fuck if you're the black starbucks on the corner right you know what i'm saying and what's fucked up is right up the street there's a beer garden over there axel red white people don't do that to each other no at all they let them in there with flip-flops and cargo shorts and they lay on the fucking hammocks in the back and shit why I don't the the need for grown adults to have to have a dress code is ridiculous to me in the first place. If I can't wear my forces, I ain't going. Um, and more shit is coming out. Um, they have suspects on camera. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to name any names or get any get conspiracy theory on it. But one of the motherfuckers in the video looks familiar. I'll just say that. Now, say that and leave it there. Now they all had masks on. They we, all have masks on. We don't know if that was COVID related or identi identity related. Maybe both. I will say height and build wise and head shape. <laughs> Somebody in that video looks familiar. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to be messy. Um, moving on in the COVID saga mm. D.L. Hughley Passed out on stage last last night, actually. The 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 opposite of Dave Chappelle. The opposite of Dave Chappelle. D.L. Hughley was in an enclosed comedy club. Nobody was wearing masks. And passed out. Fell over on stage. They rushed mm -hmm. him to the hospital. Had him tested for COVID. And wouldn't you know it, he tested positive. There it is. Hey. Tested positive for COVID after falling out in a venue... In a, in a very intimate, closed-in venue yep. where nobody was wearing a mask. That whole front row is fucked. Is fucked. They are done. Y'all, this is a public service announcement. I can't stress this enough. Wear a fucking mask when you go out. You can't tell me what to do! Wear a goddamn mask when you go out. And let me tell you something else. It's sad that it's come to the to the point where I, you notice all the commercials now. It, it used to be we're all in this together and stay home and stay safe. They've completely changed the narrative to for the love of God just wear a mask. Just just wear one. That's how sad you fucks are. You can't you, you have to be begged for the minimum amount. You know 
Um, it's gonna get real, y'all. It's gonna get. It's it's going to get fun for me actually, because I'm I'm at a point, and I I'm sorry if this if this takes away from the narrative of this show. Do it. But I'm at a point where everybody who chooses to willfully endanger themselves and other people, whether you, okay, y'all look. No, you can say it. It's become natural selection. Look, I hope y'all motherfuckers get sick. At this point, there was a guy. At the Tulsa rally last night. Did you see the clip? There's a guy that was interviewed at the Tulsa rally last night who said. One of like five people that showed up to the Tulsa rally, by the way. (laughs) He said, I just had a family member die of coronavirus. And I have another one that's sick from coronavirus. So I know it's real. But we don't know the facts. So I'm going. That's a direct quote. I know it's real. But we don't know the facts. It's science. You literally have a whole person that just died from it and another person that you think is going to die from it. You know it's real, but you don't know the facts. The whole definition of science is the facts. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? You need to get sick, sir. Yeah. Go, yeah. Just going to hold that. I, want, um, I start, you know, I started this whole Corona thing off wanting everybody to be okay. I don't give a fuck. Man. Social di- it's it, 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 the, the narrative is reversed. Social distancing and PPE has become a matter of self-preservation now, because the majority of people don't know how to fucking act, and it's bad enough that Greg Abbott is trying to force everybody in Texas back to fucking work. Um, it's this is gonna get ugly, forcing everybody back to work, and we are on the precipice of a second wave. It's coming. It's on the way. And when Judge Hidalgo uh, drops that stay home order again, y'all ass is going to be sorry. Y'all so hot to get back to work. They about to, they about to put y'all ass back in the house. Don't say I didn't warn you. Yep. Enjoy. Um, we, oh, one final point to put a foot on this. One of the most dangerous thing that D.L. Hughley said was, you know, he said that he'd already been under observation for dehydration and extreme exhaustion. Yeah. And that he was asymptomatic when they tested him for COVID. Ooh. Which, guys, this is the whole point of your dumbass wearing a mask. It's not, it's not some pandemic where you're breathing in, where you're rebreathing your own carbon dioxide. It's not some little thing that's, that's prevented, you know, trying to introduce Sharia law. And make everyone wear hijabs <laughs> in like three years. It's it's quite literally so that you, just a, a person like D.L. Hughley, who may be asymptomatic, will not spread that shit to the people sitting, you know, four feet in front of him on the edge of a very small stage. At, at least one of those people is going to get sick. At Almost least one, guaranteed. At least one of them is going to get sick. Guaranteed. Um, because he did not wear a mask to protect other people. And, and, and y'all can believe it or not, y'all can believe it or not. But I mean, you know, the shit is real. We don't know all the facts, <laughs> but I hate that shit. But the shit is real. I've I've known actual people that have caught that shit. I'm trying not to be one of them. You would think people would be more concerned in the face of a virus that we have never had before, that nobody seems to know how to deal with, and a vaccine is at best a year off. 
You would think. We just want to. We just want to get back to normal. Doing doing the boring shit that we were doing. Doing all the before. silly. It's my right to want to go to Miko's Hot Chicken and take and take fucking selfies. I I saw I saw a uh, post by a, a guy that owns a bar. I can't remember the name of the bar. I think it's a relatively popular one. Okay. Who said his entire bar staff got sick? Was Be- it the address? No, no, no. Because no. I won't be surprised when everybody oh, that the address shit, gets sick. That shit was. I don't even I don't even cringe at shit, and that shit I was cringing. Man, the address for those of y'all who don't know what we're talking about. Last weekend, the address was wall to wall. First of all, fuck the address. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. A tell bad them, experience. Tell I take. them. Tell them I told them. No, I mean I won't even say it's bad, but just fuck them because how the fuck do you do like a mandamum gratuity on? Every check. What I, I I ordered. This is the the one and only time that I went. It was uh, for somebody's birthday. I got myself a drink and I got them a drink, and I closed a tab, and there was a there was a a gratuity already attached to that bitch. Oh, so by the way, I, I waited almost thirty minutes for two drinks. Um, and I'm glad that I had them pour straight because I wasn't confident that she could mix those drinks. Had the nerve to put. A twenty percent gratuity fuck? in that bitch and asked me to sign it. Suck my whole dick. I wouldn't have done. No, and, no. And fuck y'all because y'all got nothing but valet parking, and I gotta walk all the way to fuck around the corner to get to your stupid ass shit. No, man. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I, that's ridiculous. And, and 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 there's been a couple of spots that are just wall to wall that need to answer for it. Prospect need to answer for it. Yep. Y- y'all ain't y'all ain't social distancing. Niggas is out here just blatantly sharing hookahs. But there were more people at the address than there were at Tulsa last night. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh, Trump mad about that shit. <clears throat> um also, oh yeah, we should talk about this. Um, in the wake of um just becoming more conscious of cop o- of of police oriented things. Um, and the way the police have been kind of lionized within our within the content we consume, cops has been canceled. After thirty two years, I guess, cops has been canceled. And no, he's not talking about all the cops in Atlanta calling in sick. No, I'm talking about the television show cops. Um, I was I I had mixed feelings about this because I grew up on cops, and for me. Cops was hilarious in watching uh in watching the police uh harass backwater trailer park white people. Yes. Never seen a white person with shoes on that show ever. Or teeth. Or teeth. Um and it was and it was also where I learned the reality um of what prostitutes tend to actually look like. <laughs> um my only my only interaction until I started watching cops was Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman? Um, that's not the case. I'll just put it that way. Um, so yeah, cops has been canceled and Live PD has been canceled. Live PD was kind of the current era cops. Uh, I understood the gimmick. I didn't really watch it like I watched cops. Um, it was kind of my int- introduction to reality TV. Uh, cops was, but. Here's the big story here. Big Fish Entertainment, which uh, produced Live PD, 
Uh, Big Fish Entertainment actually also produces uh, some reality TV, such as Black Ink and Black Ink Chicago. Mm. Um, uh, Big Fish actually got in a lot of trouble because it turned out that they had foot, that that they were there while during a routine stop, a man was tased to death, as in dying death. He was having uh, he was tased. And just so happened, he was having like a heart attack, or close to it. Mm. He had heart problems, and they tased him, and he died on the scene. The production company from Big Fish, the production crew, had this on film, and deleted it. They filmed, and deleted a murder. Hmm. And it's come out now that they had that they had that on mm. film and deleted it. And in the in the wake of learning that um, Viacom, they had a they had a deal with uh, Viacom, uh, broke ties with Big Fish Entertainment. Um, I think they're under investigation. They need to be brought up on charges. That's gross. And the fact that they are that they are at the that they are one of the the big production companies that films high profile reality TV that usually that usually has a questionable depiction of African Americans. That comes across a little different when you know that you have a production crew that is willing to film and erase all all evidence of a murder. Wow. That's tampering. That's actually accomplished to a crime. That's actually accomplished to a murder. They literally covered up a murder that they were witness to. Wow. I hope they're brought up on charges. That's some that's some disgusting, nasty shit. Um That's horrible. And 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 that's the time we're living in. Welcome to America. Um that's gonna change everything. That's gonna change and what people don't realize is the reality TV reality TV is pre is pretty much become a, a, a staple of American popular culture. Um a big company like Big Fish, because I'm pretty sure that's why we haven't seen this new half a season of Black Ink Chicago on VH1, because Viacom owns VH1, and now that they've broken ties with them, uh, I don't I don't know the status of that whether they're going to be able to show those episodes or not. I'm pretty sure that's the story behind that. Um, but that's a big thing because now we have to really take a look at our content and a lot of our content revolves around the lionizing of police yeah and it was even hard to, like i was reading the comic book it was even hard to read daredevil the the latest run of daredevil which is good but awkward and I, you know nobody saw this particular boiling over of the pot coming but it was really weird because a lot of it is Daredevil versus the cops. A lot of this particular story is Daredevil versus the cops. There's a scene where Daredevil gets outright in a fist fight with a black cop in the middle of the street. And it's it's awkward. And it's awkward for somebody like me. I grew up loving those cop shows. I was watching fucking Longmire last night. How was that? 
Longmire is actually really good. And I was a okay. fan. I was I was a fan of the books growing up. I like those. I like those old school pseudo western, mm-hmm. hard ass cops that go off into the mountains and all that shit. Um, and it's hard to. I'll probably still go on watching Longmire because it's really good and Charles S. Dutton is in it. Um, but it's awkward to come back to the reality of knowing what cops are in real life. It almost makes those cop shows a form of escapism to a point. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, So it's going to be interesting going forward to see how we consume content and, and how content changes around that. Because content definitely changed for the better and, so, and a little bit for worse in the wake of 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's going to be interesting to see the culture shift there and what kind of content we get from that. I'm very interested in that. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back with more opinions while black sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. And we are back. Mm, mm. We are black. We are opinionated. And uh, sweet Jesus, we are drunk. I am definitely drunk. Fuck. I I will will definitely speak for myself and say that I am sufficiently inebriated. You know, the the good thing about... um, And I just lost my train of thought. But the good thing about, you know, social distancing and quarantining... Yeah. Um... Said I'm already at home. It's true. I'm already at home, uh, and it's uh, it's a struggle. <laughs> well, you, I'll say it's a struggle. There's nothing to worry about when you're drunk after the event. You know what I'm saying? Because once the event's over, all you really have to do is get in bed if you want, or the couch, or just the floor. Real talk. Either way it goes. No judgment. You're already at home. Um. So for white people, must be stopped this week. Quick update. Skirt, skirt. Um. The um. Uh, the the guy the buffalo protester that the yeah. cops just pushed over and walked over the one who tripped after being <laughs> who, who's quote unquote tripped um he now has a fractured skull and he can't walk that damn that man was just trying to take those people back their fucking equipment damn he he was just handing them their equipment and they shoved him it it it, it could be just me does it seem like the cops got more violent once we started outing them? They're they're mad because people have the audacity to call them out. That's true shit. too. So it's like, oh, you go, oh shit, you actually gonna catch me doing what you're protesting about? Well, then fuck you then. That's like that's like when when a, when a chick catches a dude cheating, and he's just like, I mean, so fuck you then. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the that's the strangest shit, man. Like, there's a lot weird. There's a lot weird about how the cops are responding. Have you seen those stories about the fireworks in New York or some shit? Yeah, I yeah. I, I think it, I think it's other places too, but most most notably in New York. Um, uh, I don't know whose page I was looking at, but um, there has been like. Since the protests really got fired up, 
there have been fireworks going off every night, mm-hmm. all night, and nobody no nobody knows who's doing it, and everybody is annoyed as shit. Everybody knows. They just don't want to say. Um, they you know. suspect. Oh. People are starting to suspect the police that this is like some kind of psychological warfare. Yeah. Um. I don't know what movie that was or somebody said that where like there was psychological warfare they just start playing old rock music and shit but they're setting off fireworks and I think I I as as we are reporting on this I think there has been a development that someone has camera footage of the fire department setting off fireworks in New York mm. I don't know if that's actually the case uh, I would not I would not rule it out. Um, fireworks have been going off all night. Um, I I have to look for it again, but I'm pretty sure I saw where someone had footage of the fire department setting off fireworks. This is nasty. It's get it's getting to and and the problem with using psychological warfare is that the authorities now consider what is happening to be war. They consider this to be a war. They consider this to be them versus the people. And that is fucking frightening. We're also pretty close to the 4th of July weekend. So it's only going to get worse? Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Um, that is what I was afraid of. Um, I'm also afraid of that because I know you ignorant fucks are not going to be able to help yourselves but to go out and be all up under each other with no mask on. Mm. Ooh, and it's on a Saturday this year too. Oh God damn it! Oh man, it's going to be lit. No pun intended. And what upsets me about that is, I get it. The masks are not comfortable. I get it, hundred percent. The masks aren't comfortable. You you come home and you got mask mouth, where you just been sweating all across your beard line and shit. But I, knowing that, I just stay my ass in the house. You know, my thing is, I don't spend enough time in places to where the mask becomes an incredible inconvenience. When I go into a store, I'm going in there to get what I get. And get the fuck out. And get out. I don't go in there to socialize. Facts. Um, if I'm going somewhere to pick up some food, I don't go inside. Right. So, at the most, I'm usually wearing my mask maybe 15 or 20 minutes at a stretch. So maybe if you fucks just do what you're supposed to do and go to fuck home, this wouldn't be a problem. But yeah. y'all don't want to do that. Y'all want to whine about your rights being infringed upon. Um, but all that to say. These the same. Mm-hmm. All that to say. The same motherfuckers that let their dogs lick them in the mouth and shit. Well, well, well. Um, Anybody who eats ass, well, y'all don't have to wear a mask. Y'all niggas are nasty. <laughs> It's too late. It's too late for y'all. <laughs> you're, you're ex- well, but for the sake of everyone else, please put on that. <laughs> Go ahead and double strap that one. Please. But all that to say, the fireworks becoming a becoming like, and I'm pretty sure it's the authorities. I feel like it's the authorities. Could be. Um, this psychological warfare. Again, implies that the authorities think this is war and not protest. That is terrifying because what people are willing to do during 
a heated time of protest and a heated time of war are two very separate things. Right. Especially when you're as militarized as the police is. That's insane. That's that's nuts. And I'm 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 kinda terrified of what's next. Um in a way. So yeah, there's that. Also, I do have a quick sub I do have a quick submission All right. from Vanita Johnson. Uh, Vanita Johnson sends us this. She actually sends us this morning. Um, this is courtesy of ABC News. Uh, college professor demands student change her name to make it sound more English. Um. The student was on her second day of class when she received the email request. Okay. A college professor had been placed on administrative leave following a racist incident where he refused to call a student by her given name. Is this the Vietnamese student? Yes. Oh. And instructed her twice. My wife read this one to me. To anglicize her name. Now, I am not going to pronounce this, this woman's name because I do not want to butcher it. I'll pronounce it. Go for it. I'll pronounce it. My wife read it to me the other day. It is Phuc Bui Diem Nguyen. Very good. Phuc Bui Diem Nguyen. Okay. Spell the first two names. <laughs> no. I'm oh, just saying. Spell oh, them. Spell them. So oh, they yeah. understand. Fook, oh, okay, okay. Fook Bui. I, I thought I was being conned into something. No. Sorry. Fook, okay. Fook Bui. Uh, P-H-U-C-B-U-I. So. Fook Bui. It's not fuck. It's Fook Bui. Uh, DM. Dwayne. I actually have a coworker by that name. But, okay. Uh, by two of those names. I'm not going to say which two because I'm not trying to. Out them, right, correct. Um, but the first two, Fukbui, I guess to layman, looks like Fuckboy. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's what they're concerned about. Like a phonetic thing. I think that's what, and I think that's what they were concerned about, which is ignorant. Um, and you can all, that's always something you can, you can be classy about and clear up in your class. Um, or in private, if, if, if the student so desires. Um, this Vietnamese-American freshman college student... College, y'all. At Laney College in Oakland, California. We're talking college. On her second day of classes, uh, was looking forward to using her legal name after years of being called May, when she received an abrupt email request from her trigonometry professor, Matthew Hubbard. The request anglicized her name. I never heard that before, said in an interview. At that moment, I was surprised, so I Googled the meaning. I didn't know what it meant, so I called my best friend to ask him, what does that mean? Uh, Hubbard even allegedly referred to her as P. Nguyen uh, later during a Zoom class. I was shook because growing up, there were problems with how to pronounce my name, but they would ask me how to pronounce my name. Right. Right. Um... We don't even have to go any further on this one. Um, the Asian, the Asian community in particular, I know has had a lot, has definitely had a lot of issues over the years with having to come, having to anglicize their name or come up with um, an 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 alternative, uh, an American alternative mm -hmm. uh, that people can say. I know when I was working at the bookstore, I would take IDs a lot, and when I asked, when I would ask how to pronounce their name, they would say, "Oh, just say John." Perfectly acceptable. 
Which, if that is their choice, yes, is perfectly acceptable. But I want you to know that I'm willing to work with to work with being able to say right. your given name out of respect for your given name. And I your, will make the effort to pronounce your name correctly. Facts. Um, and and so I know there's been a long history of this. Um, it has to be demeaning. Um, it has to be demoralizing um, to your culture, especially if you're like second generation or so. Man, look, I, I, I go back to the same example someone used years ago. You niggas have no problem saying Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Not at all. That man got one vowel in his whole fucking last name, and y'all got no problem pronouncing 17 consonants in his name, even though some of y'all are lazy and just say Coach K. But y'all have no trouble plastering that man's name up there and saying Coach Krzyzewski. Never. Uh, and, and, yeah, they they never do. Um, I I have a cool. They'll find little, little, little nicknames and shit. Gronkowski, Gronk, and all that shit. Yeah. And y'all don't give a fuck. No. I have a co-worker um, of Indian descent, um, Eastern Indian descent. And when he came on board last year, I, I asked him how he pronounces his last name. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the pronunciation, and he, he he himself jokingly said, "Yeah, I know there's a lot of A's in my name. People ask me that all the time." I said, "Respect, respect. That's cool." I just, but 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 then he opened up. He said, "You can just call me this." Right. I said, "You sure?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay." But that as has l- to as be long as their choice. With it. Yes. Um, I wish, man. My own supervisor called me D one day at work not too long ago, and I was like. Uh, you can call me Damien. You can call me Damien. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that. Say their name. Say their name. Um. Yeah, that's nasty. Um. Submit your. Wait, I got one. Oh, go for we it. Yeah, 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 go for it. And this, this, this is less of a question and more of a discussion point. Okay. So, um, I'm just I'm just gonna call him Irish AA Ron. He was the one that gifted us the. Uh, the, the whisk, Black Bush. The Black Bush. Yes, I do um, remember that. That was, a good, that was a good bottle. Yeah, so he and I had a little bit of discussion um, prompted by a statement that he made. And the gist of his the gist of his statement was... Let's see. Shoes, alcohol, shoes, alcohol. Because um, that's a lot of what we talk about. Shoes and alcohol. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Put Don't you hate having to scroll through the scroll through the yeah. through the shit? You're not I, exactly sure what day you were talking about this shit. And I had it saved. I was right there. We, we were talking about here. We go. How people are confronting the police in the same way that police have typically confronted black people, uh, meaning that with the recent protests, mm-hmm. we see visibly that people are emboldened and confrontational to the police. Correct. And. Which kind of goes against the narrative that a lot of people have of um, black people always being guilty in the eyes of police and running away from the police. And right. You must have done something, otherwise you wouldn't you have gotten shot. Run. Right. Um, and, and here's the one thing that I, I, I told him, and I, and I know that um, I've told other people before, and we've had conversations about, let it be known that black people are not afraid of police. Not at all. We we've never been scared of the motherfuckers. I've told a couple of cops to suck my dick. Yeah, we're not we're not scared of them. We just want them to stop killing us. 
Facts. That, that's I mean, those are two completely different things. Um, if anything, black people have been very nice to them. And it's only recently, you know, with, with everything that's going on now, that we've seen things escalate to a level where um, they are becoming speaking of them the police are becoming more uncomfortable with the amount of resistance that they're getting from people people are not scared of y'all and, not at all and where y'all are really fucked up is that white people are not scared of y'all anymore and white people are scared of everything and let me tell you something by the end when we're when we're done having this conversation oh this uh, about black people eventually there's gonna there's gonna be a conversation about the fact that white people Poor and or working class white people, y'all ain't safe either. We can we can do that during the break. Okay. Um, poor and working class white people, y'all ain't safe either, because just just like this is a this is, this is an issue of race. Once it's done being an issue of race, it's also an issue of class. Mm-hmm. Because just like they just like they here to just like the police were originally here to police. Uh, black people. Once the the directive after that is they here to protect they here to protect rich people's shit. Well, what they don't realize is there's a whole separate agenda that's been working against them at the same time. Um, middle class and lower class white people have seen their standard of living decrease over the last four years as well facts there's always been a separate classist agenda um between the the aristocracy and there's another fancy word that i'm trying to find but i'm drunk right now i'm saying the um, underclass proletariat Pro- proletariat look right. at them okay. look at them i had to use my mnemonic device that was pretty good because that was a name of a club that... people don't use proletariat nearly enough yeah um but there's always been that divide between them, and there have always been, like, lower-class and middle-class white people have always been nickel and dime to death. Um, they're driven more by fear, um, so they're more prone to waste a lot of money in consumerism and capitalist ideals that, not, that do not benefit them. That's another story for another day, because we're talking about black people today. That's true. Um, but, see, while y'all are worried about us... Remember... Y'all are already getting hit up from behind. Y'all are- <laughs> Y'all ain't safe either. Just to, just so you know, once we're done having this conversation, mm-hmm. y'all got a whole other conversation to have. That's y'all shit too. So y'all got to handle that. Um, send your racist uh, stories, your real life racist encounters, along with your listener letters, your questions for myself, D. Randall, or any of our guests. Um, send those to opinionswildblack at gmail.com or log on to opinionswildblack.com where there is a portal uh, for it, for our email as well as any of our social medias, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, mm. or Twitter. I was looking for my glass and it was in my hand. <laughs> we will be right back with more foolishness and fuckery. You are listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. <laughs> Shit. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. And we are good and liquored up, actually. 
Definitely not going anywhere today. It's not as it's not as hot because it's raining. Thank goodness. Uh, thank God. Uh, I was I was I was wondering when the rain was going to return. Uh, I'm going to be sorry I asked because it is hurricane season. Mm. Um, it's time for your listener letters. Um, via Facebook, L. Llewellyn James asked. Is adherence to nationalism a good strategy for black people to utilize in order to gain political power? I jumped ahead a complete segment with that last thing that I did. My bad. I just realized that. That's fine. I'm drunk. That's fine. If so, what would that nationalism entail? Mm. I.e., should black people in the the United States nationalize themselves as a self-governing nation-state of displaced aboriginals, uh, Americans of African heritage... Or as displaced Africans? Or is nationalism for any group even a good idea in the 21st century? Um, y'all got a little deep on us this week. Um, hmm. Okay. I have a, well, I guess I have kind of a thought about nationalism, but I'm going to let Randall jump on that one. I was going to let you get your darts off first. Um, I... I honestly have never believed in the concept of nationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, nationalism is the... Now, I'm not, I'm not looking up the textbook definition because sure. I'm not interested in facts right now. <laughs> sure. Um, as we've documented. Um, but I believe nationalism ties you too much um, geographically to things. Um, I believe it... it it makes you categorize yourself in a way that's not necessarily indicative of, I guess, collective interests mm-hmm. um, or shared interests. It's really, we are all here in the same place. So I'm going to plant my flag here. And this is what it's all about. With that said, that though, sounds like Wakanda. It does sound like Wakanda, um, which I mean, you know, of course it, it sounds like a utopia, but the thing is, the the idea that you can uh, obtain a utopian society or whatever you want to call it with nationalism is honestly to me a fairy tale at best. You're going to have the same issues that you have in any other society. If if you created a um, a sovereign nation of displaced black people from America, they're going to have the same socioeconomic issues that you have in regular America. That's just it's just human nature. Yeah, it's just human nature, um, which is why. And, and again, someone who's more educated on the subject can definitely school me on this. Agreed. Um, but these are just my, you know, unlearned observations of that concept of nationalism. Now, what I do believe in, um, I do believe that it is possible to engage in divestment. I do believe that it's possible for people who are in a community to come together to do things that benefit the community. Agreed. We we talk about Black Wall Street. Uh and, it, and it's, you know, as we're on the nearly 100 year anniversary of Black Wall Street, we do remember that Black Wall Street was created from um black people who were displaced in a number of ways who found uh solace in a community in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mhm. And, you know, in part because of, you know, 
the envy of the wealth that was being created there and not shared through uh, the larger city of Tulsa as a whole and a combination of existing systemic racism, um, the, the non-black people of that community found a, a bullshit reason to burn it all to the ground and massacre lots of people. Right. Um, is something like that possible today? Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. But I, I think the concept of a group of people um, creating another great migration to a place that will allow them to build up all these economic ideals that they want is I think it's a little far-fetched in today's society I think people are a lot more connected mm-hmm. than they were back then so isolationism and I, and, I, and I know I'm being extreme when I say isolationism no I don't think I don't think you are because there's always mm-hmm. going to be somebody that wants to pull in a an attractive but ultimately mm-hmm. undesirable element yeah when it comes to the cause of keeping it within. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm more, look, I'm very fortunate in that I have a very diverse group of friends and family and extended family. And I, and I mean diverse culturally. I would much rather bond with all of them, black, white, Latino, Asian, etc., cetera, um, and find our common ground than just to say, I'm going to go and form Wakanda. Just for the sake of being black. And I think that that approach going forward, it, the, the whole exclusion is what leads to a lot of these issues in the first place. And, 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 you know, look, I'm not a fool. I do understand that what we've done um, as a people as a result of segregation and things that were imposed upon us were, and in some cases now, continue to be very necessary. I fully understand that. But I think that if you're creating a plan going forward, base it more on who you currently have in common with and not exclude people that you have in common with simply based on cultural or or ethnic differences. That's all I'm saying. It's a very complicated answer. Um, But I think just planting your flag and saying this is Wakanda forever. eh. But if you and 30 of your friends realize hey we have an opportunity here to form something that benefits us collectively and maybe we can grow out from there take a look at it and we're not talking about that loom scam y'all keep trying to y'all keep trying to uh push out hmm. i think somebody i know just got their money took off one of them shits recently Mm-mm. um yeah don't do that also uh, we need to learn how to produce things again most of us just work jobs where we push buttons Learn how to well, produce things. Well, most of well, and and that's a larger systemic thing is that most of mm. what people are profiting off of in the twenty first century are not tangible goods and services. Correct. Look, um, we don't need a nation full of influencers. <laughs> I mean, but or even a nation of a nation full of programmers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? What what most people are making the big money off of is shit like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And and that's a systemic thing is that. Um, people are wondering if that's going to um, shoot us in the foot uh, later on. Should somebody want to tear all that shit down? Um, I cannot see a black Wall Street based around crypto. No. Um, the other thing 
The other two things that I think make nationalism kind of a pipe dream is that one, the the amount of togetherness that requires, we can't even get on one accord about accepting queer and trans people right. that are us into the movement. And a friend of mine, a friend of ours, Cheryl, once said a long time ago, this black utopia y'all keep talking about, I don't even want to go because most of the people I fuck with aren't going to be invited. Yeah. And the other thing is, they tore Black Wall Street down in the blink of an eye, and the, and the police weren't nearly as militarized as they are now. The police are more militarized and armed to the teeth than ever. And yes, we're not scared of these motherfuckers, but we're also smart. Right. And that the only thing keeping us from burning all this shit down is that they have fucking tanks. They have fucking tanks and infantry assault vehicles. Yeah. So if you think if you think the shit went down during Black Wall Street in Tulsa, wait till the white people get get a whiff of some shit that we have that they want in on mm. and can't have. Bombs over Baghdad. Bombs over fucking Baghdad. Believe it. They've done it. They did it in Philadelphia. They sure did. <laughs> and they'll do it again. Um, so, yeah. Has, so, yeah. That's my take. That's his take. Hashtag defund the police. Thank you, L. Llewellyn, for your question. Um, Halival asks, what's up with... This is like a, a three-parter. Yeah. What's up with the disconnect between Africa and empathizing with black American struggles? I'll jump on this one. Okay. Um, oh, well, let me just ask all the questions first. Then she wants to know our favorite new releases for 2020 and voting 2020, who y'all going for and why, though this may be beating a dead horse. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, first, the disconnect between Africa and black American struggles. It's very simple. In my head, it's very simple. And this is just based off of what has been told to me by uh, African transplants, the the handful that I know. It's a it's a different thing to go from being from a place where all you've known is everyone around you looking like you, mm-hmm. to a place where a lot of people look like you, but a lot more people don't, and the people that don't. Have have a lot of power, and they have a lot of problems with the people that look like you. Yeah, just the simple fact, the simple fact that you come from that you come from somewhere where you can look to your left and you can look to your right, and you can see people of African origin around you, makes a huge difference in your worldview. So I don't, I don't. I don't hardcore get on the cases of these influencer people like like Lovey when they say some wild when they say some wild shit they don't understand about African American culture because their worldview is different from the fundamental at birth level and so when you're put in an environment where you don't have those same instincts that we have 
your whole view of the world is different. So I so I'm not so mad at that. I think that's a I think that's a huge part of how to empathize with Black Americans. I'm not saying Africans don't people from Africa don't go through shit. Of course they do. I mean, there are plenty of people in Africa who deal with, um, you know, intertribal tensions and civil war on a level that none of us have experienced. Apartheid was not that long ago. It was literally just yesterday, like, basically. Uh, and, 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 you know, on their end, um, they aren't aware of, or they don't fully understand the, the last 400 years of history mm that African Americans have had here as well. Right. So the honest answer is there's there's just a, a a disconnect between the two cultures because of different experiences. Um the reality is we as African Americans and they as Africans are not exactly the same. We're not, we're not exactly the same people and we have to stop we have to stop saying that. We yeah, are we can't we, conflate them. Right. We are descended of them, but we're not exactly the same there's there's a whole half a millennium of a distance uh, of a difference between our experiences and theirs that you know that define our experiences versus theirs mm-hmm. um yeah i agree there you know there are things that we have in common but we we also can't when, when you when you're making that venn diagram you can't leave out the things that are on the outside right um, so that's fair. Um, uh, favorite releases for twenty. Favorite new releases for twenty twenty. Um, I'm going to assume this is as it relates to music. Um, I'm still jamming the photograph soundtrack. Uh, really love what Robert Glasper did there. Uh, that Scissor joint is wonderful. The Lucky Day joint on there is wonderful. Um, it's just it. That's a great thing to get. And I said this when the photograph came out on this program. That's a great kind of entry level thing that when I heard when people were walking out of the were walking out of the movie theater, they're like, "Man, I gotta listen to more jazz." Yeah. Um. So yeah, shout out to Robert Glasper, HSPVA hometown. Um. Uh. Let's see, the photograph soundtrack. Um. Kaylani had a great album. Kaylani had a really good album. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out of nowhere. I love that toxic shit. Um, Tiana Taylor had a good toxic album, <laughs> uh, as as expected. Um, Kanye not being involved is the best thing that could have ever happened to that album. Um, Thundercat snuck one out, kind of right at the beginning of the of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thundercat snuck one out. Um, and I think Le- Levin Kali had a good one that I liked. Yeah, and I also like I also like Janae Aiko's album. Oh, Janae's was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who you, who who else you got? I mean, pretty much everyone on that list. Um, I for me, it's it's been a little different because. <laughs> I, a lot of times I listen to stuff and don't even realize like I, I don't I don't look at it based on date as much if that makes any sense Same. unless it's really been advertised to me as a new release like a lot right. of times I'm not even aware like it's a new new release right um, but the ones that do stick out for me recently are Janae Aiko and, and Tiana Taylor those are two of the ones that 
that I've been bumping pretty hard. Yeah, Janae. Yeah. Janae was. I, I I really like Janae. Um, not everybody does. Um, so I think some of the complaints about Janae are stupid. Um, I really like what she's doing. I like that she's at kind of the forefront of this toxic shit. Yeah. Um, I love that that is just its own brand <laughs> of R and B or of of you know of kind of that more poppy R and B. I love it. I love it. Voting twenty twenty. Who y'all going for and why? Hmm. Not Trump. That's my very simple answer. Not Trump. Not Trump. I, and that's not a popular statement. Um, it's a popular but not popular statement because um, people think that it downplays the, the, the cons of the opponent. And it does to a degree. But we've seen how... But it, it does not replace in my mind that we've seen how dangerous Trump is. We've seen it. Yes. He allowed this pandemic to happen. He has allowed the Black Lives Matter, the violence at these protests on behalf of uh, the police violence. No, not allowed, encouraged. Encouraged the police violence to hit a fever pitch. He has encouraged it. He Didn't he say at a rally, don't be so nice to him? He said they can come through, but they'll they'll see what happens. Yeah. Also, they came through. The looting started. He said, said, if you want to start looting, we'll start shooting. Well, the looting started. It's on you, motherfucker. He saw it was white people, so he didn't have the same energy. And he did not. He did not. He told protesters not to show up in Tulsa. They sure motherfucking did. (laughs) Nobody else did. Nobody else did. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you want to know how we feel about voting 2020? The answer is very simply not Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, that that pretty much does it. Thank you, Hollaval. Thank you, L. Llewellyn. Thank you both for your for your questions. For your very kind of that, that was that was some deep shit. Y'all trying to ask us real shit? Y'all, we, no, y'all, we've been drinking. Y'all really want to get it popping? I feel you. Okay, uh, I see. The bar is raised. You know, that's what happens when you're on, when you hit the AV club mm. for recognition. Shout yeah. out to them. Shout out to Craig Lindsay. Shout out to the Podmas crew. Um, so I guess we gotta raise the bar a little bit. Uh, game on, motherfuckers. Um, send your uh, send your listener letters. Any questions you might have for myself or D. Randall? Um, really anything. Advice. Uh, y- y- y'all are advice. Ooh, watch uh, out! Watch out for that. Because you, <laughs> you will get what you want, what you deserve on that. I'll say, I dare you to ask our advice on some shit, um, music requests, any of that shit. Send it to opinionswhileblack at gmail dot com, or just log on to opinionswhileblack dot com. Simple. And you have plenty of ways to get in touch with us. Um, I guess we're gonna go into the top three STFUs. There we go. Who are the th- three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? I'm 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 doing a new thing this week since we had since there were so many people in our absence that needed to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a quick run through of the runners up here. Okay. Um, the runners up are Stephen Amell, aka the Green Arrow. That motherfucker doesn't have shit to do now that Arrow is done. Um. And the Arrowverse and the TV Arrowverse is just crumbling upon itself. We we talk about how John Boyega is showing who he is. Now yep. Those Star Wars checks have cleared. I imagine Stephen Amell is doing the same, but 
not with the same results. I don't think he's doing it with the same results at all. He has a podcast, and he has thoughts on his podcast. Anybody that really... Stephen Amell is one of those people that's cool in theory. No, I think you clicked away from it. I clicked it. away from it. Um, Stephen Amell is one of those people that's cool in theory. As long as... You know how Tyrese was cool until he started having thoughts and opinions about the world? Nope. <laughs> Y'all did. <laughs> Y'all think a nigga... Because a nigga can sing a Coke jingle that... Well, when you're not talking to him about... Oh, he's brilliant. Well, no, it was that when he didn't he didn't have deep thoughts about shit, he seemed like he might have been a cool motherfucker. When he started having real thoughts about the world, that was when we wanted him to stop. Uh, Stephen Amell has a podcast, and you know, and so in the in the we were talking about using your using your platform responsibly. That's the very tweet I was looking for. God damn. Um, and just highlight all the fuck shit. He started having thoughts and opinions about the world around him as it relates to George Floyd. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, he said that. He basically said that, um, racism, according to him, is not a systematic problem. And that it's never, and that, um, uh, he, he's never experienced systematic racism because he's from Canada. First of all, you're white, so you would not have experienced systematic racism ever in your life. Let's get that. Let's mm. get that out of the way that you have demonstrated that you don't. Un- with that statement, you don't understand what systematic racism actually is, because you think that that's something that you would have experienced. Um. The other thing is that he. The other thing is that he pulled, and I don't want to get into, like detail because he's a runner-up but he pulled grant gustin into his shit grant gustin don't do nothing to nobody but just chill we don't want him to have thoughts it 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 disappoints me greatly when good-looking white dudes fumble the bag because it's so easy to hold on to for them y'all don't have to do shit but be good-looking and barely and barely be a good actor and Stephen amell is not a good actor he's not He's an actor in the Arrowverse. There's nothing that we, there's nothing we expect from you, and we expect even less from Grant Gustin because Grant Gustin's actually a, actually seems like a decent human being. Although I'm a little resentful that he gets to kiss Candace K. Patton mm. every week on The Flash. Mm. My God! Mm. Quick moment of silence for Candace K. Patton and how fine she is. <sighs> Moving on, uh, Stephen Amell just. Stay stay good looking and white and shut the fuck up. We'll need to hear thoughts from you. I, I you know, he was a little de- Stephen Amell was a little dejected because um he invited Grant Gustin to be on his little podcast and Grant yeah. Gustin was like, you know, with uh with everything going on right now, I don't really want to talk about the flash. So I'm I'm a chill. On see? That. See how easy that was? There's other shit going on outside of me important shit going on outside of me i don't need to be talking about me people don't want to hear from me about me right now Stephen amell was like uh, i mean i guess we'll just have to move well, to another time all right well more me for me then yeah, yeah. Like, fucking asshole i guess this isn't for everyone 
Um, yeah, yeah. Stay in fucking Kansas, man. Shut the fuck up, bro. Um, another runner-up, Tyrese. Tyrese fell out with Jamie Foxx because he posted some questionable shit about reverse racism in Africa. There's no reverse racism in Africa. There's no bl- there are no black people subjugating white people in Africa. It's not happening. And Jamie Foxx called him out about it and said, "Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? You have a fundamental misunderstanding of Africa." <laughs> go back to Google. I thought you were about to say go back to Africa. Go back to Google, look up Africa, stay saying, damn, that's crazy, on Fast and Furious movies, and shut the fuck up. Um, Thurston, you driving too fast. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to do what? (laughs) That's crazy. How are you cooning, anyway? Hardcore cooning. Um, Herschel Walker got to shut the fuck up. That nigga has misunderstood what it means to defund the police. Um, uh, that nigga said he wants all the people that want that that want to defund the police. He wants to fly them to a country that doesn't have police. Basically, his, in his mind, he wants to drop people in the middle of the purge. And nobody who is saying defund the police wants the purge. That's not what defund the police means. Nobody wants an absence. Of law enforcement. They just want law enforcement to be depowered. And they want law enforcement to have less of a workload than they already have. Correct. Um, For $31,000 a year. For $31,000 a year. Um, They shouldn't have to be social workers. They shouldn't have to be talking. They shouldn't have have to be on suicide watch. They shouldn't have to be on on the suicide hotline. They shouldn't have to be doing all the things that they do. Um, They should just be policing and really they need to be doing less militarization of that police don't need infantry assault vehicles police don't need call of duty kill streaks that's what that means Damn. if you're going to if you're going you cannot you you cannot judge you cannot unpack a group you cannot comment on a group without first understanding the reason that group and that advocacy exists right so go to google look up defund the police and shut the fuck up senator tim scott is another runner-up he wants us to know that we do not live in a racist country we live in a country that just happens to have some racism in it that is demonstrably false that is demonstrably false that means you don't understand what history is White people came to this country and took it and invited themselves in to the detriment of, 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 of um, indigenous people. Amazing. They came here, stole it from indigenous people, and then they proceeded to outsource the building of America to a, to a slave labor class that had no choice in the matter. Mm. America was literally founded quite literally founded. and built with racism. America is a racist country. Period. End of discussion. Period. There's no, there's, there's no further unpacking necessary. Okay, good, because I was going to unpack it. 
You are a United States senator. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But, but, but you're absolutely right. Like we, if you understand anything about history, you should understand that the the very grounds that you walk on as a senator were built by slaves. That in and of itself, someone that looked like you. And what people don't what people don't understand is that by saying that an institution. Is fundamentally racist. It's not necessarily calling you personally a racist. Facts. It's not like you run around saying fuck niggers all day. It's just that you have to understand that a, a certain amount of progress and wealth was built in this country at the detriment of other people who were subjugated to some very, very terrible things mm. because of their race. And if you are also a person of color, you should understand that as well as or better than anybody. I, I just, I, I, I think that that his statement kind of hits on the central issue to why so many non-black people have trouble with the discussion of racism, because it forces them to admit that this hallowed institution, um, this this hallowed these hallowed grounds of this country that they believe so strongly in. This land that I love has such a very, very dirty past. And you just have to recognize like and no one's saying that you personally today in 2020 have to have to answer for the the ills of your ancestors. But start off by recognizing that shit and understanding that some of that shit got to be undone. When you're when you're paid to solve when you're paid by our tax money to solve problems. Oh. we need you to understand where our problems come from. Yes. That's a that's a that is a basic requisite. Um, so he got shut the fuck up. Here's an additional runner up. Um, it's really a bonus shut the fuck up mm-hmm. that I forgot to mention, but I feel like also needs unpacking because we've talked about him before on this show. Marcus Houston. As a matter of fact, okay. we'll just call him number four. Okay. Damn. Marcus Houston is back in the blogs because he is having to because he finds himself having to explain. Why he is a 38-year-old man, almost 40. No, I'm th- let's see, I'm 36, so that makes him 40. 38. He's 38. Why a 38-year-old man is married to a 19-year-old girl. Literally half his age. Literally. She was like four when he did naked. Just something wrong with that. And he's found himself having to explain himself and defend his, his engagement to a 19-year-old girl. Because it just came because Twitter has become detectives, and it just came out that um, the young that the young lady um, Maya, yeah Maya, um, uh, was a runaway at fifteen, and turned up on IMDb as an art director on some of Chris Stokes's work on some of Chris Stokes's um, mm. movies. Chris Stokes, of course. Chris Stokes, another nasty nigga. Um, and so it's basically, they were trying to keep this girl with a check and Marcus Houston trying to tell us that he didn't know her until she was 18 is a lie for someone who was very, who was this close. Even if he did, she was 17 back then. She was still not legal. I met Maya in 2018. Yeah. She was 17 years old. You still nasty. And, And okay. So. I need to speak I need to I need to speak because this is not music. 
or television. This is my family, my future wife, and my life. I met Maya in 2018 through a mutual friend. Never before then did I know she even existed. For someone who considers this, who considers Chris Stokes to be a her play father, I doubt that. Uh, Maya and I didn't start dating until she was an adult. See, and niggas do that shit too. Niggas will do that shit. They will meet someone that's underage and be like, mm, can't wait till you turn 18. And wait till they turn 18. That's called grooming, Marcus Houston. I was going to call it layaway, but you're right. <laughs> that is the name of this podcast. <laughs> layaway. <laughs> um, in, in light of I We fell in love and got engaged in March of 2019. My dad, Michael, loves her. And the people I am closest, I am closest to all love her as well. Because they don't know how your nasty ass met her. I'm sure your father loves her. I bet he does because I, I bet he's a first generation nasty nigga. With, with, all, with all that we've heard about them and this whole crew and their little... Um, you know, their, we don't razz be an apology. You know, their habits of... Ooh, man... Marcus Houston, you are a ne- I can I can sum this up. With everything like Damien said, with everything we know about you, with everything we know about your history, with everything we know about uh why uh B2K really fucking broke up. Probably because they were all suffering trauma from being raped by you. Mm-hmm. Marcus Houston, you are a nasty nigga. You are a, you are a nasty nigga. I I said this I've said this many times on this show before. You were a nasty nigga then. You are a nasty nigga now. And you and this flimsy bullshit explanation for your nasty bullshit. And all the nasty motherfuckers that defend you talking about, man, let them live. No, fuck that. They don't know how grooming works. They don't know how they don't know how it works to be looking at someone that's underage and waiting and because that's all it is, is waiting until they can be seen with them legally. In the eye of the law. They have been dating them in their head. Since well before they were of age. I've read these books. I read Lolita. I know what the fuck's going on. Marcus Houston. You and your spray. And your fucking spray tan. And and your fucking uh, spray on hairline. You are a nasty fuck. Fuck you. Rot in hell. Real talk. I hope this woman. I hope this woman comes to her senses in adulthood and gets the fuck away from you. You too old for this shit. Or maybe you just right. Maybe you just old enough to be a nasty nigga. Fuck you. Suck my dick. And, and I'm saying this because he has me blocked on Twitter because we've had this out before. Mm. And I've called him a nasty nigga to his face. If you're listening to this and you're on Twitter, tag him in it. Tag him in it. If you can pull a clip. I don't know how you pull clips from podcasts, but if you can pull a clip from it, pull a clip, post it, tell him I said so. Marcus Houston, you a nasty fuck. You a nasty fuck still spraying your hairline on with a stencil. Suck my dick from the back, nigga. Damn. Number three. Terry Crews. I was going to say he might take you up on it. Okay, Terry Crews. <laughs> Terry Crews is back. <laughs> every time and... every time some racial shit goes on, Terry Crews got to be back talking and... shit. So, Terry Crews apparently wanted to lecture us right when the right when the shit hit a fever pitch, when the uh when the 
the protest hit a fever pitch about black supremacy. Is that what this is? Mm-hmm. Defeating white supremacy without white people could create black supremacy. What the fuck? We have people. We have people who decided who is going to be black and who's not. And I, and I simply because I have a mixed race wife, have been discounted from the conversation a lot of a lot of the time by very very militant movements, the Black Power movement. We don't even need to go past that quote. Yes, Terry, you, yes, you can. We we can. Cruz went on to say that his blackness has been called into question because of his success. See, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. I've been called all kinds of things like an Uncle Tom simply because I'm successful, simply because I've worked my way out of Flint, Michigan. Um, no, you've been called you've been called out because you forgot where the fuck you came from and what the fuck people like you were going through. There, the class divide, the class divide in this country, the class divide between blacks and 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 the super rich. The one percent, the the one and two percent are blacks, is getting more and more obvious all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Everything and everything we do, the class divide is getting obvious. The class divide is obvious when you look when you when you see that a celebrity has tested for has tested positive for COVID, and the first thing you wonder is how the fuck did they get tested so fast? Mm. I know somebody right now who has been all over town trying to get tested for COVID. She didn't. She's okay. God bless her. Who has been all over town trying to get tested for fucking COVID. Who's been to at least three different sites and could not get tested. D.O. Hughley got tested in a day. Within, they want to put minutes. They want to put rings on NBA players. Yeah. Early detection rings that will alert someone, I guess, or some shit. If and when they are exposed to the COVID virus. So they can play eight games of basketball. So they can play eight games of basketball. Why? Because they're rich and they can afford to have those trackers. The class divide is getting more obvious every day. And the class divide is getting obvious when tone-deaf fucks like Terry Crews sit on their fuck sit on their fucking ivory tower bullshit. And talk about black supremacy? What the fuck does that mean? What nobody talking about that? What what he he he's demonstrating more and more often that he is just completely out of touch with with anything that um, involves being black and, and quote unquote successful. Um, you know, he he was a good example at one point when during the Me Too movement when he stood up and he admitted. You know, as a big, strong black man, that he too had been, um, you know, sexually violated or sexually, you know, had, right. you know, by other men, and and that opened up a whole new conversation that people weren't considering. It was like, damn, good of good of him to to come forward with that. And we had, and and he had our goodwill. And then he just undid all that shit overnight. And and now you just now you just you just saying dumber and dumber shit. As Every you go down time. the line. Like, if anything, black people celebrate success more than pretty much anyone. We're glad to see you make it out. What we don't like is when you come back and say, by bringing down white supremacy, it will lead to black supremacy. No, people are quite literally and quite vocally fighting for equality. And black people are not the only people fighting to topple white supremacy. There are a shit ton of other white people that are doing that as well. 
So the goal is not to bring in a state of black supremacy. It's to stop the white supremacists for having, from having a negative influence on us now. We're not, trying to, we're not trying to replace our oppressors as oppressors. We just want to be left the fuck alone. We want to not die. Also. You stupid fuck. Pe- also, people, oh, are, not, go for people it. are not going to question your blackness because you have a half black wife. They question your blackness because you make a dumbass comment about having a half black wife. That makes you sound super removed yeah, yeah. from what people who are not as well off from you are going through. You're a fucking idiot. You, you, you fucking loser. Suck my dick, I, I would actually Cruz. prefer to just speak to his wife now. Real talk. I want to know what she has She to got say. more sense than him. I was going to say, she seems like she might have something on the ball. Because I'm tired of talking to this stupid fuck. And, I would, and, and, and I'm tired of talking to him, and I can't say it to his face because the nigga is large and would fold me like a fucking chair. He wouldn't do shit. Well, yeah, he probably wouldn't. The white man would probably. Right. Yeah, he, he would wait for the white man to say so. Suck my dick, Terry Crews. Shut the fuck up. Number two, B. Simone. B. Simone's had the worst month ever. She got dragged for that nine to five bullshit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, she said she wants to. She wants to be with. She want. She doesn't want a nine to five working man. She wants to be with an entrepreneurial man. But people dragged her because she doesn't know what the fucking entrepreneur actually is and what they do and why they don't have time to just whisk her away to the fucking Bahamas because she wants to. Um, when you when you stay, you can want whatever you want. And and I I just want to on a side note address the black address the black women that tried to drag me over this. You can want whatever you want. Your preferences are your preferences. I will never, I will always fight for you to have whatever preferences you want on this planet. But when you go on a public forum and you state those preferences and the preferences you have in your head, don't the description you have in your head doesn't match reality, the internet's going to drag you. If I tell you I want to be with if I tell you that I want to be with Zoe Kravitz, but I am actually in fact describing Christian Bale, Y'all get to fucking drag me. Having said that, that's not even why she's on this list. Um, it turns out B. Simone, because she made uh, like a million dollars. She, uh, yeah, she reached a million. Selling a book. And it's one of these little blank books that kind of part, you, you do the little exercises in. One of these little break, wreck this journal type joints um, that's supposed to teach you how to manifest Y'all don't know how fucking sick I am of the word manifest. I am OD sick of the word manifest. And if you're wondering why I'm doing a lot of talking, it's because Randall just kind of learned about some of this shit. I and still, he has no I still idea don't, who I still fuck don't give Simone a fuck is. who she is. Um, she has some nice titties, though. She does have nice titties. Um, so, she wrote, so, allegedly, she wrote this book and she sold it. The book doesn't even look good. It looks, it looks like one of them little. Uh, glue stick projects they give you in, wow. in like elementary school. So her shit looked like Mad Libs. It did. And it turns out she plagiarized this shit and she 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 lifted whole pages of her book uh from Pinterest. From uh from other people's books that they posted on Pinterest. Uh and sold it off as her own. I have seen the juxtaposition of her book versus the the pages that she stole. She didn't even change the order of the questions. Mm. So imagine somebody writing a book where they're talking about manifesting their fucking career or whatever the fuck she's talking about, and she didn't even write the fucking book. Um, 
she got dragged and then she of course she had to go to the internet to explain herself i believe we have that uh if we can get that popping please yeah is it gonna pick up yeah it'll okay. pick up. all right bet Y'all know me. I have been vulnerable, real, transparent, honest throughout my whole career. And this moment isn't any different. I want to make a quick short video and address all of the accusations surrounding my book. But because it is now a legal matter, I can only say so much. But I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't feel right if I didn't say anything at all. So that's what I'm doing. Stop right there. I had a vision to create a... I just want to point out. For those of you who know who this woman is and you've seen her Instagram comedy, this is the quietest we've ever seen B. Simone. Uh, Twitter actually dragged her into using her inside voice. Please continue. So that's what I'm doing. I had a vision to create a book for young women to change their mindset and to manifest because that is how I feel like I became successful in life. That is my truth. That's what I know about. So that's what I wanted to teach young women, manifestation. I wanted to tell them my story, right? I've never written a book. I've never been an author. So as an influencer, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, me and my team outsourced. We hired a team that we trusted, that we thought could bring my vision to life. Stop right there. As a creative, as an entrepreneur, she wanted to create a book about her story, about how she manifested herself into a successful career being like semi-funny person number six on Wildin' Out. And she, and so to tell her story as a creative, she outsourced writing the book because she's never written a book. <laughs> Continue. And they did a lot of things without my knowledge. A lot of things without my knowledge. And I am here Stop. They did everything without your knowledge. They wrote the book without your knowledge. Because if you had read the book, you would. If you had read the book, you'd know what the fuck was going in it. If you knew what the fuck was going in it, you might have stopped them. Maybe, I, and that's a maybe. Because you're not that smart. Keep going. Fix it. I'm here to fix it. I've reached out to every creative involved, every female involved to fix this issue. And even though I feel like wait a minute, wait. Hold on. I reached out to every to every woman involved to fix this issue. No, no you she, didn't. She said female. Every female. Excuse me, because that's because that's politically correct. Um, she reached out to every female to fix this issue. No, you didn't, because it wouldn't be a legal matter now if you did. That means you ain't paid them. Keep going. Hired and my team dropped the ball. I'm taking full accountability because at the end of the day, I'm the leader. I'm the CEO. I'm the coach. So, you Stop. Know, stop. I'm brand. done. Stop. Stop. It's over. No, no, no. I'm the CEO. I'm the coach. And I'm taking full accountability. You're not taking full accountability because you just got through, just got through throwing your entire team under the bus. And calling them females. And calling the people you stole from females. You haven't taken accountability for shit. You've taken accountability by blaming everyone else involved for you not reading your book about you manifesting. The CEO, the coach, you're not a coach. Phil Jackson would never. Do you understand me? Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich would never. Pat Riley would never. 
Get the fuck out of my face. Are you serious? And the reason this is such a big issue to me is because as a black creative that works very hard on creating content that people can see themselves in, original content that doesn't sound like anything else on the internet right now, yes, I take offense to this. I take great offense to this. And because, and because it's not being highlighted enough, you stole from a black woman. Mm. You stole from a black woman. You stole from the very people you tried to uplift. Not only the very people you tried to uplift, the people you just got through talking down to about their 9 to 5 jobs. The people that you want to spend their 9 to 5 money on your bum ass on your bum ass little slam book. Fake ass Lisa Frank. Get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face with all this. You haven't taken accountability for shit. Fuck you. Mm. Nice titties, though. Really nice titties. Yeah. I swear. I, really. I still don't know who she is. But shut the fuck up. But shut the fuck up. You are not a coach. Don't, do, don't disrespect coaches like that. I like Doc Rivers would never. <laughs> My God. It, it's, an, it's embarrassing. And Meek Mill, just on a side note, on a side shut the fuck up, you shut the fuck up, too. Because you jumped in face first to the fender and you didn't even know what the fuck she did. <laughs> Well, y'all don't say y'all say no shit about uh, Fashion Nova stealing people's designs. One, yes, people do. Two, I would never say anything about that because I don't wear or know shit about Fashion Nova because I'm a nigga. Two or three, Fashion Nova men, their shit is ugly. And if they're stealing that, they they pay too much. And four, you don't even know what the fuck she's talking about. You didn't buy the book. Just to, Meek Mill, just say you was trying to get some pussy. Just, you know. You're better than this. You got a baby on the way. I'm just saying. You and Lawrence need to just chill. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck her. Uh, and the number one person needs to shut the fuck up is the J. Cole fans. Mm. They're out there. J. Cole's going to sit his ass down and go away. He's going to sit his ass down and let all this cool off and he'll be back. The J. Cole fandom needs to chill the fuck out. Here's why the J. Cole fandom needs to chill the fuck out. Let me make this one quick. For those of you who don't know, No Name, a female, uh, a, a black woman rapper, uh, who I just who I just saw a picture of this morning, and she is cute as shit. Um, no Name posted a tweet basically calling on male rappers that have made a lot of money off of... Um, kind of delivering the the plight of the black man to audiences have become mysteriously silent during this time. And she was wondering where they are. J. Cole felt like he was being called out because DJ Academics posted a picture behind this of him and Kendrick Lamar. You notice Kendrick ain't said shit about any of this. Nope. And they ain't going to. Nope. Uh, J. Cole wrote a, wrote a, a, a rap that I'm just going to give the short version um, was basically talking down uh, to No Name, or if it wasn't talking down to No Name, it was talking down to a black woman that sounds a lot like No Name. She's mad at these crackers, she's mad at these capitalists, mad at the murder police, mad at my niggas, she's mad at our, our ignorance, she wears her heart on her sleeve, she's mad at the celebrities, low-key, I think she'd be talking about me. Hmm. Um... There's nothing to there's nothing to imply that she was talking to you. I didn't hear a J Cole reference. I didn't I didn't see I didn't see her post a uh, post a video of one of your bland ass songs. 
I, I didn't see any reason to believe that. I'm going to get to that. Okay. And so you write this song basically talking down to her, asking her to watch her tone. Pretty much asking her to watch her tone and to spend more time teaching him right. about what he doesn't know. Nigga, you are a grown man. You are a grown 35... J. Cole is a grown 35-year-old man who graduated from college with honors, who is who has made tons of money trying to make us believe that he is a deep nigga because I know he has a team and I know he knows how image works. And he is trying to convince us now that he's just a nigga that don't know shit about shit. Because it's convenient and because he doesn't, because he wants to back off of this issue. We know that you've done the work. I've seen you marching. I've seen you out there doing the work. So why you felt it, why you felt like you were in your feelings or you were being called out is a mystery to me. But my problem isn't with J. Cole. He's learning. That's fine. My problem is with the fans that cape for this nigga. Because the fans have made it plainly obvious what black women are talking about. What the problem is with what black women are saying. Um, black women felt black women are at the front lines. Are at the front lines marching and shouting and protesting and dying for you. Coming up missing hangings and shit. And you and your and your God, J. Cole, felt the need to comment on their tone as opposed to what they're actually talking about. We have to stop talking about people's tones because people are sick and tired. And when people are sick and tired, they have no they have they have no regard for their tone, nor should they. So right there, we need to we need to y'all need to shut the fuck up. The other part is Asking her to teach you, okay, you want to know. You got the same internet and the same Google as everybody else. It's not a black woman's job to take your intellectual labor on their back. They have the right to not teach you a fucking thing. Look outside your fucking house and you'll see what's going on. See what I'm talking about when... And, and, and J. Cole is another part of this class divide that I'm talking about. You don't, you don't see what the fuck is going on from your nice-ass house. Mm-hmm. And the Cole fans, who are already fucking insufferable as it is, because people don't like, they think people don't like J. Cole enough, and they think he's boring, um, don't see that. Both things are true. Both things are very true. He's he is the gluten he is the gluten free, um, uh, non GMO version of Kendrick Lamar. Shit. Um, stop talking down to these women. Calling them queen. You know they don't like being called queen no more. Or maybe you don't, and maybe you're just that tone deaf and not and not listening to what black women are telling you. Black women are telling you what the fuck is wrong with you, and you're just saying, no uh Listen to what black women are telling you, internalize, and do a little self-work. Hmm. Don't attack. If they feel if you feel like they're attacking you, it's because they're fed up. Do you attack your woman at home like that? Shouldn't. I hope not. I hope not. Cause your ass will get cut quickly. And all I'm saying is, black women are telling you what's wrong with you. Instead of you attacking them, why don't you take that in? Because outside, whether or not J. Cole was talking to No Name or not, 
And No Name had a great reply that blasted J. Cole out of fucking water. Um, whether or not he's talking to No Name, whether or not No Name is a, is a part of this conversation, it's highlighted exactly what black women are talking about is wrong with y'all. Y'all downplaying them all the time. If this were a nigga telling you about how somebody about how another nigga told him to watch his tone, we'd all be sitting around having a conversation about how he should have open hand slapped the shit out of that man. <laughs> but because it's a black woman, she gotta shut the fuck up and eat it. Man, fuck y'all. Shut the fuck up. J. Cole fans are weird. I I don't know any of them personally, thank goodness. J. Cole, I I've just been exposed to them this week and they are fucking weird. They are weird. They're, I, I, they just, they can ignore anything and say, but he went platinum with no features. Shut the fuck up. Fuck y'all. D. Randall, do we do a podcast? Absolutely. God damn it. I think this was a pretty good, I think this was a good pod for I, the, I'm leaning pretty hard. No. For the second year anniversary. Two year anniversary. Two year anniversary of Pinyo's Wild Black. God damn it, y'all. Thank y'all so much for two years of foolishness fuckery, laughter, and love. I have never enjoyed working on a project as much as I enjoy doing Opinions While Black. Oh, shit. Well, nope, as- nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta hold it. I gotta can't, hold it. Can't walk it back. You can't walk it back. <laughs> um, I love the comic, too. But, I uh, love this I'll, I'll let you make it up. Yeah, I love the comic, too. Um, guys, thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, um, I can only say that year three is going to be just as amazing. I mean, we it looks like we have plenty of content coming say, for the next few months at least. We're going to be here. I keep saying that at the end of every episode. We're going to be here. We're going to be here because we ain't got nowhere else to be. Shit. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much. God bless y'all. Um, there's, there's, there's too many people to just thank at the end of a two-hour podcast. Uh, another two-hour podcast. Fuck it. Um, uh, there's, there's so many people to thank, um, really from the bottom, just everybody that's believed in this project, everybody that's believed in, in, in this from day one, the, the people that are, there's actually somebody who is binging up to, who is in the thirties, binging up to episode, this is 92. That's amazing. My God. Thank you. It's shit like that, that makes that, that, that builds buzz. Um, Thank you, people that that tell people what you're listening to every single week. Um, uh, thank you know uh, 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 to name a few people would just would just kind of downplay the fact that Team Oz has really come together on this shit. I will thank Anthony for the website space. Yes, thank you, Anthony. God bless you. Um, we're gonna be revamping that website soon. Actually, there's a couple of things I want to do that. Um, for year three. Um, merch is coming. Merch is coming soon. Got some good previews today. I got some. Man, I got to look at the designs. I'm happy. Uh, you people that want titty shirts. <laughs> you're going to be pleased. <laughs> you're going to be pleased. And I want your feedback when you see the designs. Also, buy the shirt, though. Yes. Um, uh, thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Uh, Dean Randall, church announcements? Mm-mm, I'm good. I'm, All right. I'm slizzard. Until then, this has been episode 92 of Opinions While Black. I've been Oz. And I can drink water with one hand. <laughs>
And as always, in parting, titties.